time to find it in case you need to take a little time. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. I want to share a message today entitled God's Direction for a New Year. God's Direction for a New Year. I, I, I do not have any fancy 2022 things, you know, 2022 the year of whatever. I, I, I just I don't have that today. So I apologize. There are probably slicker places that do this, uh, much better pastors that can come up with that. But uh, I've, I've kind of learned in my years here to just trust the Lord and see what he has for us and follow his direction. And I wanted to, now, now that we're finally done with the Christmas season, we're done with the holiday season, um, this is that season now where we're kind of looking back. You know, everybody has their top ten list. I even have one on Facebook. Uh, that everybody has their, uh, you know, I'm a big sports guy. You know, so these are the athletes to watch in 2022. Uh, these are the football teams to watch. Obviously, referring to God's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And and uh, <laughs> good thank you, Amen. And so, um, I think spiritually, we can uh, we can do the same. And so I think the Lord has something for us this morning that I would like to uh, take the time to show you from Isaiah 43. Now, if you don't have your Bibles, I've got the scriptures that we're going to look at today on the screen. If you're able to, maybe you can stand with me as we read our opening text together here today. God's direction for a new year. Let's start in Isaiah 43. Beginning in verse 18, it says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. <clears throat> See, I am doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? This is God talking. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I think God has a direction for every one of us to take as individuals in this new year. And I'll pull it from the scripture. Would you pray with me, God? We, uh, we submit to you and your will. We submit to your plan. And we feed ourselves on your work. I pray now that you would uh, make your work come alive in our hearts. And God speak to every one of us in the way that you desire. And I'll thank you for what you do. It's in Jesus' name we pray this, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. The New Year's message. This is actually one of those Bible verses that a lot of people will use for the New Year. This is the year of blank, and then they will, oftentimes, they will uh, talk about uh, the new thing that God wants to do, and, 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 I, and I think there's a lot of merit to that. As I was studying this, and God kind of dropped this verse on my heart, oh, wow, a, a couple of weeks ago for, for this day, for this Sunday. And uh, I believe that as I've kind of unpacked this, that the Lord has a couple of instructions for each and every one of us for this new year. Before I go any further, are we okay with my mind? Is that good? I didn't test it out. Are we okay? Yep. It's a little 
It's not on the live stream. It's low on the live stream. It's live. I'm trying to fix it. Okay. I'll talk louder. <laughs> Just kidding. I won't do that. Um, should I switch back to the handheld? Would that be good? Yeah. Okay. We're going to go old school, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so you may be here till three. All right. Actually, I should rephrase that. I'll be here till 3. You guys will probably leave at like 1130. All right. So here we go. We, are the, we have more microphones per capita, by the way, than any church in America. All right. Here we go. So let me give you a couple of instructions. Is this better? We, we doing better here? Great. Okay. Let's give you a couple of instructions that I believe God has for us in this new year. And I'm going to look at verse 18 and verse 19 and a few other scriptures for you here today. First of all, number one, I think we need to learn how to deal with our past. We need to properly deal with our past. Now again, uh, verse 18 said this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Forget the former, if you're Italian, forget about it. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. I think that God has a message for us there that's very, very important. And, and I, I want to talk about how we should properly deal with our past. Because if there's anything, a lot of people have a hard time dealing with their past, even the past year or so, how do we process our past? How do we process what we've done? Let, let me give you some simple instructions as we learn how to deal with our past. First of all, pass over the mistakes that you've made. Pass over the mistakes that you've made. Forget the former things the Scripture says. How many of you know that we don't always get it right as we try to serve the Lord? Amen? We're not always where we should be. We make mistakes. Sometimes for us, it's not a sin issue. Sometimes we've made some lapses in judgment, and maybe that has impacted other people. Maybe that's impacted our family. Maybe we made a financial mistake. Okay, now listen. Here's what I'm telling you. Do not make your identity or, or, or shape your identity from the mistakes that you've made. That's not who you are. You are not your mistake. I'll say that again. You are not your mistakes. 2 Corinthians 5.17, popular verse for many, says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The King James says, He is a new creature. The old has gone, and the new is here. Okay, if you didn't get it right this past year, or in the last couple of years, if you made some mistakes, it's time to move on. What I love to tell anybody who works with me or for me is that I give you the freedom to fail. Just don't do it twice. Right? I give you the freedom to make a mistake. I mean, y you rarely do any great things without making a mistake or two. I would love to tell you that every single thing that I've planned here at the church went swimmingly. That's not the case. 
I learned from it. I learned where the mistake was made. We don't repeat it. We at least try to do it better if we do it at all. And I think God has the same thoughts for us today. If you failed spiritually, okay, you failed. You messed up. The scripture gives provision for you to how to deal with that. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have that. There is also, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is the enemy of your soul constantly trying to remind you of past mistakes that you've received forgiveness for. And some of us never get past the mistakes that we've already, that God, by the way, has put under the blood, that God has forgiven and forgotten and separated us from. So God would say, hey, if I've forgiven you of this, move on. Move on. Move forward. Don't make the same mistake again. So, first of all, pass over the mistakes. Secondly, proceed from the milestones. Pass over the mistakes. Secondly, proceed from the milestones. Scripture says don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the past. I want to take you to the statement made by the Apostle Paul, somebody who had an incredible resume, the greatest missionary ever, a man who was trained and educated under the best that you can imagine. This man was brilliant. He was bright. He was talented. He was used by God incredibly. This man had a lot of milestones. Look what he says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Paul said this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is a danger that a lot of churches run into. Where we look back and we see how God did things in the past and how well they worked, and we don't belittle that, but we kind of camp out there and we don't strain towards anything that is ahead. Oh, we had, we had a... Have you ever watched... Some of you aren't sports fans, so it's going to be hard, but have you ever seen the end of the Super Bowl or the end of the championship for the NBA or something like that? And as soon as that last second goes off, somebody with a camera goes to the star, like, like, like when LeBron won one of his titles. And there'd be a, a guy with a camera in his face, LeBron, you just won the NBA title. What are you going to do now? Anybody remember what his response would be? I'm going to Disneyland. Right? Now, what's he saying? What's he saying? For the next week or so, the last thing I want to think about is basketball. What I want to do, I want to go to Disneyland. I want to forget about it. I want to forget about the good things that have happened, and I just want to, I'm going to soak that all in. I got my trophy. 
I got the results I was looking for. Now I don't even want to think about it. But Paul here, he kind of gives a different attitude when it comes to his spiritual life. Because earlier in this chapter, Paul was talking about all the great things he had done. But then he says, but I don't consider myself to have arrived just yet. There's more for me to do. There's more victories to achieve. I'm a pretty driven person. I thank God that just a month ago, we saw the largest giveaway we've ever had and some of the greatest results of people being blessed that we've ever seen. But church, we dare not just go to Disneyland and stay there. There's more for us to do. we got a city to reach. There are still more people in Talmud sitting at home, not watching a live stream, totally disconnected from church, than there are associated with Bethel Church. We have work to do. We still have many people that we can reach for the Lord. Can you say amen? So thank God for the milestones. Thank God for the successes. I thank the Lord for all that, but we don't stay there in the past. And, and, and how many of you know, our methods may change, but the message never does. I should say that again. Our methods might change. In fact, I will tell you, our methods have to change. But the message never changes. See, our methodology, we, we can't do church like what took place in the 70s. I'm not ripping on the 70s. But things are different now. We have this thing called the internet. My goodness, folks, when I came here, I brought a laptop with me 21 years ago that held half a gig of space for storage. Pretty amazing, isn't it? No, it's not. See, my, my phone, I don't even know where my phone went. My, my phone holds, I think, 128 gigs. Just my phone. Okay? I, I cannot operate with half a gig of ministry and expect to be effective in 2022. Y'all get what I'm saying here today? So sometimes we have to change. And I know some of us don't like that. Some of us still have our 8-track tape player. And that is awesome. God bless you. But I'm telling you, we can't be 8-track tape Christians in a digital world. That's a book I need to write. That's pretty good. That's a great title. Okay. I got I to gotta hurry. I got to hurry. Okay. Um, so, so far we have said, pass over the mistakes. Secondly, proceed from the milestones. Thirdly, Progress beyond the misery. Progress beyond the misery. Don't dwell on the past. Uh, the last couple of years have been difficult for many. For many. For many reasons. People have been sick. Uh, people, people's mental health has been affected. There's a mental health crisis right now with our kids in America right now. I'm just telling you. Uh, there, there's some serious things going on. There, there, there's, there's anger. There is, I mean, some people just mean. Maybe you're sitting by one. No, I'm kidding. So, some people are just mean. Uh, 
People have been affected by so much. We've lost loved ones. We've been through it. We've lost jobs. We've lost income. Fear and stress, it's made us miserable. And we can choose to either dwell in the the ministry, (laughs) in the misery, that's not the same thing. We can choose to dwell in the the misery. (laughs) Okay, sometimes it is the same thing, but... We can either choose to dwell in the minister uh, in the misery. Why? I can't use that word anymore in a sermon. What is wrong with me? Oh my gosh. We can either choose to dwell in the bad stuff. See what I did there? Or we can progress out of it. Dwelling in the negative Guess what that creates? It creates a victim mentality. I should say that again. Dwelling in the hurt that you have had. And I'm not diminishing your hurt. I'm not saying that it didn't exist. But I dare not elevate it because your identity is not in the negative that's happened to you. That's not who you are. It's not who you are. And I know Christians that would not be happy unless they were miserable. God takes care of your issue. It's like, well, now what do I do? What am I going to put on social media? Now, now, why? That's who I am. No, no it, it's not who you are. It's not who you are. We need to move forward from the negative, from the misery. I did it. We need to move forward from, from the pain that's been inflicted upon ourselves great verse that I found in uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. It says, heal me and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved for you are the one that I praise. If you've had a rough year, okay, but that's not who you are. If, if you've been through it and, and I, just in this room we have some people that have been through it that's not, that might be your testimony, but that's not your identity. Your testimony is who you are after the pain, not during it. Oh, man. Come on. Your, your identity, okay? It's who you are after the pain, not during it. I am not a victim. I'm a victor in Jesus Christ. I might be going through some tough stuff now, but God is still greater. And I can still depend on him, and he's going to get me through this thing. Some of you, you, you are here today because God got you through it. You moved beyond the negative. And guess what? There's more to come. And that leads me to my second instruction for us. First of all, we talked about dealing with the past. But secondly... Let's discover the Lord's plan. Let's deal with our past, but here in this new year, let's discover the Lord's plan. See, here's the deal. Sometimes we get caught up in, in what has happened to us. We get caught up in, 
and what's taken place. Oh, I had such a rough year. Oh, oh, I'm barely hanging on. Okay. But God doesn't want to leave you that way. How many of you know the, when you get into the hospital, okay, the goal is to get you out of there. And hopefully quick. <laughs> the insurance company will make sure that it's quick. When God takes you through some difficult stuff in the past, he doesn't want you to stay there. He's got a plan for you. He wants you to move forward. Again, look at verse 19. God says this to his people. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Let me unpack this for you here today. First of all, I want you to know that part of God's plan for you is this. Number one, there's a renewing. There is a renewing that's taking place. God says, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing for you. And some of us, we may not be comfortable with new stuff, right? Confession from my childhood that I've shared, but it's been a while since I've shared this. When I was a boy, Christmas morning, I would cry because I'd get new toys, That's why I'm in therapy now, so you just pray for me, okay? We're covering it. But but the issue for me was I like my old toys. I don't want new toys. I like my old stuff. I would try to cram my feet into shoes that would not fit because I like my old shoes. I don't want new shoes. I like my old shoes. Well, how many of you know that after a while, that mentality is going to get real painful? Sometimes we try to cram what God wants to do new into what he's done in the past. Oh, uh, no, no, don't do a new thing. Just do the old stuff over again. I like that, God. And the Lord would say, no, no. I'm not diminishing what we did in the past, but okay, forget about it. Move forward. Go on, because now I've got a plan for you, and that includes something new. Some of you guys brought you so far in such a short amount of time. God's not done with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. And so there's a new thing that God wants to accomplish in your life. I love Lamentations chapter 3. Starting in verse 22, it says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God has something totally new for you this year. God's got a plan for you. What does that look like for you? Maybe for the first time, Maybe for the first time ever, he and you have a time where you pray to him every single day. Maybe that hasn't existed in your life before. Maybe this year's the year. Maybe God wants to uh, have you meet with him by reading his word every single day. Maybe that's never been a part of your life before or listening to it. 
My son listens to the Bible every single morning. Maybe that's a better way for you. But what, what does God want to do with you in regards to his word? Maybe this is the year that God wants you to go forward with your faith in him by sharing your faith. Maybe there's somebody you could tell what God's done in your life that you could share with somebody who's hurting. Trust me, you have a story, and that's not just so that you can have a story. God will never waste your experience. God will never waste your life, the good and the bad. He won't waste it. He'll use it to show other people how great he is. And maybe this is the year that you make a difference in someone's life. There's a renewing. Number two, there's a revealing. What's part of God's plan for you? There's something new, a renewing. Secondly, there's a revealing. He said he wants to make a way in the wilderness. You ever gotten lost in the woods before? Anybody? Boy, I have. And, and I, I'm embarrassed to tell you, it was while I was... I had a handheld GPS in my hands, okay? I had marked where I parked my car, and I'm hiking in the woods. I got this hobby called geocaching that maybe some of you know, some of you don't know. It's kind of a nerd thing. I do it. There you go. I'm the chief of nerds. And so I'm walking around, and, and I find what I'm looking for in the woods. It's like, okay, time to go back to the car. Only I lost the signal, in the GPS, because the woods were so thick, I couldn't get a satellite signal. I thought, well, this isn't cool. So, well, I'll just start walking. And so I'm, I'm like, it took me forever. I was only 50 yards away from my car. You would have thought I was 50 miles away by the time I found it. I thought, man, i got to figure out how to get through here. So I'm looking for, like, broken branches and, you know, my feet marks and all the footprints, and I thought, oh, no, this, this isn't going to work. If only there was a way I could figure out. And finally, I saw, I saw the light. I saw Elvis. No, I saw the light, and I heard the cars, and I thought, ooh, maybe, I'm, maybe that's where I need to go. And I finally got out of the woods, only to see that my car was like a quarter mile away that way on the road. But I didn't go through the woods again. I promise you, I just walked on the road where it was much safer. And uh, <clears throat> what am I trying to say? Sometimes we get lost in life. Sometimes we get lost as we're trying to journey through this thing that God has given us called life. And we need his guidance. We need him to show us the way that we are to go. And that's the beautiful thing about our relationship with God. God doesn't just dump you in the woods and say, good luck, soldier. He makes a way in the wilderness. He shows us the way that we need to go. Some of you, you right now might be in the midst of making a big decision or on the verge of making a big decision this year. Or maybe you don't even know that's coming, but it will. Please, I I beg you from God's word, involve the Lord in your decision. Proverbs 16.9 says, in their hearts... Humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I've learned that sometimes I've set course. God, this is what I want to do. Great. 
Now I'm going to establish the steps on how to get there. I'm all good. Uh, I'm fine, Lord. I'm just going to go this way. You've got to say, no, no, you're going to go this way first. Oh, that seemed quicker. And then you're going to go this way. And then you're going to go this way. (laughs) Then you might go this way. God, wouldn't it have been easier to do things my way? Have you ever told God that before? God, I could make your job so much easier if you just listened to me. And I've learned that the more I listen to God and let him establish my steps, the better off I am. Then finally today, I want to close with this thought, that there's also a, a refreshing. There's a refreshing. There is a, a renewing. There's a revealing. And there is a refreshing as part of God's plan. God says that I will provide streams in the wasteland. In a wasteland. And then there's streams of water. Doesn't seem to fit. How refreshing if you're stuck in a wasteland for God to provide a place where you can be refreshed, to have your thirst quenched, for you to be cleansed. Peter made this statement when he was preaching to the people at Pentecost. He said this, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, but don't miss this part, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Some of us need that. Some of us, uh, some of us need God to provide a stream where there's been a lot of wasteland, where there's been a lot of desert. Some of us need God just to bring a refreshing to our lives. Some of us need God just to take those of us who might feel a little bit beat up and pick us up. And strengthen us again. Some of us, we need God just to put life back into our lives where maybe there was death or boredom or really nothing. Part of God's plan for you is not just to exist, but to give you times of refreshing. The Lord has a plan for you. And there's nothing more strengthening than my personal walk with Jesus Christ. Isaiah says that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Your relationship with God is not energy consuming. It's energy producing. Repent, have your sins taken care of, but let the Lord provide times of refreshing for you as well. So my question would be today, what part of this scripture do you really need to take home with you today? Maybe you find yourselves as we, as we say, okay, God, what's your plan for my new year? Maybe you need to deal with your past. 
You got to move on from the painful things, from your own mistakes, stuff that's happened to you. And you need just to quit camping out in the past. It's time to move on. Or maybe, maybe it's time to embrace God's plan totally. Maybe it's time to say, okay, God, I'll take that strength that you have for me, that refreshing. I'll take that something new from you. I'll, uh, I'll take it all. I'll take it all. What's he saying to you today? It's my prayer that you would latch on to his plan, not just today, but this whole year. And let's see what God does in a year's time. Would you stand with me if you're able to? I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would help you do what you need. In fact, why don't we pray now? Jesus, I pray that right now your word would come alive to us. And God, may they not just be words that we've heard for the last few moments, but God, I ask you that now it would come alive. And God, we'd walk out of here not just with a word, but with a determination. A determination for what you want to accomplish. With your head still bowed as we're, as we're praying here today, I wonder how many of us, we need God's help just to deal with our past. Maybe something's happened to you. Maybe you're the one that made a mistake. Maybe you haven't uh, been as faithful as you could be. Whatever the case, uh, the Lord wants to help you deal with your past. But part of that is, okay, move on. Your identity is not in the past. Your identity is in what God's going to do in your life in the future. So I want to pray for you. And maybe some of us in here, we've moved on all right, but now we need God to start a new thing. And we need to be open to that. Get out of Disneyland and let's get back on track and do the Lord's work. So I want to pray for you. When I say amen, I want to give you a chance just to meet with him personally. Just you and him. You can come to the altar and pray. You can sit at your seat and pray, but... Let's make personal altars across this room before we leave here and say, God, this is what I feel like you're saying to me here for this new year. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I'm asking you now that you would touch your people again. We've heard your word. We're blessed by that. But God, please don't stop there. Speak to your people. God, to those of us who think that we're trapped in our past mistakes or our past hurts, we're stuck in the negative or something's happened to us, God, help us to know that we can move on from that, not dwell in the past like your word says. We acknowledge it, but God, we're not going to stay there. God, I pray that we'd move on. And God, if you're speaking to us about a part of our walk with you that... We can set goals in. God, there are some big decisions for us to make where we need your guidance. Lord, 
we embrace that. So have your way, I pray. I pray to speak to your people, not just today, Lord God, but throughout this whole week. And may we say that 2022 was a year that you changed our lives completely for the good. So Lord, meet with those who want to meet with you now. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need to remain here and pray, feel free to do so. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.